Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio because we only have one more day of the fastest 60 minutes of radio. Because starting next week, uh, we are going to expand. Beginning on Monday, we will have two hours of Inside Sources every day, Monday through Friday, from 1 o'clock to 3 p.m. So set your clocks, uh, get ready for the shift. And uh, we look forward to having an opportunity to to really help us th- slow things down a little bit. We're still going to divide the rage from the reason and elevate the conversation, help you connect the dots in a, in a number of ways in our expanded format, and uh, really help all of us make the news make sense of what it really means to us in our communities, in our homes, uh, what it means for the state of Utah, what it means for the country. And uh, so we look forward to an expanded Inside Sources beginning next Monday. So we will uh, go for the uh, fastest 60 minutes today and tomorrow, and then uh, we will uh, get to Monday and uh, launch anew with uh, two hours inside sources, 1 to 3 p.m., and uh, look forward to having you along for the ride. And as always, we want you to help us elevate that conversation as you always can on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. 57500-WAY in today. Let us know what's on your mind and uh, help us elevate the conversation. So as we begin today, and we got some really fun stuff uh, for the program today, uh, we are uh, going to be uh, talking with uh, Miles Hansen from World Trade Center Utah. Uh, there's so much talk about China right now uh, and all of the different components of, of what's happening there, what's happening politically there, what's happening with the military there, what's happening with uh, Hong Kong and Taiwan, uh, what's happening from a business perspective, uh, trade tariffs and so on. And uh, Miles Hansen and uh, his uh, companions there at the World Trade Center Utah have been doing a a great series on the China paradox that has just been so powerful. Uh, They have a few more coming up, and we want to break down with Miles today. What does it really mean for the people of Utah? Uh, All of this uh, China conversation, it's easy to dismiss it and say, oh, that's, you know, that's foreign affairs and international stuff. I don't need to worry about that. Uh, But it impacts us directly. And Utah is uniquely positioned on so many things. So uh, Miles is going to help us break that down at 1120 today. And then coming up at 1135, Carol McKeith is going to join us from KSL TV. And uh, she did a a wonderful piece yesterday on uh, what uh, will take place on Sunday this week, uh, uh, the airing of uh, Episode 2 
the first uh, episode of that second season of The Chosen. And some fascinating things. Of course, part of that was filmed right here in the state of Utah, down at the Goshen set of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it's an interesting collaboration. It's uh, it's an extraordinary production, uh, 100 million views around the world. And so Carol Makita is uh, going to join us at 1135 to, to break that down today as well. Uh, but let's dig into the, some of the news of the day and look at it a little bit differently, if we can. Uh, as we look at uh, what will roll out this afternoon, President Joe Biden is going to Pittsburgh, of course, to roll out his uh, infrastructure plan. It is big, it is wide, and it covers a lot more than infrastructure. Uh, so uh, we want to get through that. But let's start with uh, Karen Travers from ABC. She did describe what everybody thinks is going to be at least the basic framing uh, for what this uh, infrastructure plan is going to look like. Nearly 18,000 unaccompanied children now in U.S. custody. 3,400 in a Customs and Border Protection facility in Donna, Texas, which is meant to hold just 250 people. Despite the CDC's COVID-19 guidelines, there is no room for social distancing. The children spending their days crammed into pods, lining up for three hot meals a day and snacks, sleeping back-to-back on three-inch gym mats, huddled under foil blankets. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Uh, so Karen, of course, was uh, was focused on what's happening at the border and the construction. The border is a little bit different in terms of uh, facilities that they feel they need to create now. Uh, most of those facilities down at the border uh, are just uh, so far beyond capacity. Uh, one that has been confirmed uh, has a capacity uh, for about 200, uh, and there are several thousand uh, in and around that facility. And so that's uh, that's going to continue to be a challenge and a uh, a problem there. Uh, let's bounce back now to the uh, to the infrastructure uh, project and what's going on uh, there. And uh, let's go uh, let's go to White House Press Secretary uh, Jen Psaki this morning. Here's what we know we agree on. Republicans, Democrats, independents, people who don't even see themselves as political across the country. Our infrastructure is outdated. A third of people in this country don't have access to broadband, which is even more startling given that so many people across the country have been working and uh, doing school from home. There's a lot of things that we need to address. So we're going to start with where we agree and work with Republicans and Democrats to see if we can find a path forward. What the president's going to propose today, I should say, is uh, reforms to our corporate tax system. He believes we should go back to 20, the 28% rate that was the case before President Trump took office, former President Trump took office. But if Republicans have alternative ways to pay for it, we're certainly open to hearing that. What we're really focused on here is that we have to invest in our infrastructure. We have to do this historic investment to get people back to work, to make sure we're better protected from storms, to make sure more people across the country have access to broadband. Uh, so again, that's White House Press Secretary uh, Jen Psaki this morning. And uh, again, this is going to be a very large uh, $2 trillion plus uh, long-anticipated infrastructure plan. And uh, again, $2 trillion, that's trillion with a T. And, and then how do you pay for it? And the thing that I wish, one, I wish they would just pare this down, focus it in. Let's not throw in all the other stuff. If we're going to talk about getting steel and concrete uh, into the ground, and really work on roads and bridges, and let's let's do that, and let's vote on that, and let's debate that, and let's amend that. Uh, let's not just throw this into uh, another big sweeping two trillion dollars. Uh, th- then we move along. And the thing that's most interesting to me is uh, is of course the uh, the feigning from both sides of how we're going to pay for that. 
so the thing that I think we all should think again about and think differently about is let, let's not be fooled that either the Democrats in Congress or the Republicans in Congress are really overly worried, uh, except for maybe a few, uh, about who's going to pay for this and how they're going to pay for it. They'll have a battle over, over taxes on corporations, uh, but they're, they're really not interested because uh, that's not going to pay for any of this. Uh, $2 trillion is, is not gonna, they're not going to make up for that uh, just through uh, an increase in the taxes. And the thing that we all should be worth thinking about is when they talk about, well, this is, this is going to be different because we're just going to tax uh, the, the uber wealthy and the big businesses. And the businesses, we have to just really understand, they, they really don't, in a true sense, pay taxes. If whatever they pay in taxes, they're passing along in prices to the rest of us. And who's that going to hurt? It's going to hurt the poor and the most vulnerable among us the most. It always does. Uh, and so let's let's be really clear uh, in terms of who's going to pay for this, and it's going to be our grandchildren uh, who are really going to have to foot the bill on this thing. Uh, and so you know, my hope is that uh, at least they will have some debate that they don't have this thing so pre-cooked by the left and the right behind closed doors. Again, that should always send a shiver up your spine. Uh, if it's behind closed doors, uh, they're not looking out for you. Uh, they're they're trying to get their agenda done. And that applies to Republicans as well as it does to Democrats. And, and so that's the conversation. Two trillions is a lot of money, uh, and somebody will pay for it, and uh, it won't be those sitting in office. Uh, and I am all for getting more steel and concrete in the ground. Let's let's fix things. Uh, we know here in the state of Utah, state of Utah can do projects much better, much cheaper, much more efficiently, much faster uh, than anything that comes out of the federal government. So if we're going to do things like this, let's let's block grant it out, and let's let the states compete for it, and let's uh, let's let them do that right. Uh, it's another area where Utah can show that we can do twice as much at half the cost. Uh, because we can do it better here in the state than uh, anywhere else in the country. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Miles Hansen is going to join us from World Trade Center, Utah. We're going to continue to talk about the China paradox and how it impacts you. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.